Hello, and welcome to the Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast, where we discuss business, real estate, lifestyle, and travel. I'm your host, Eric Andrews, founder and owner of Brick and Mortar Detroit Real Estate Brokerage. I started this podcast for boots on the ground insights from not just one, but as many industry professionals that I could find. Today's guest is Jeff and Jessica Haynes. Hey guys, welcome and thank you for coming on to the Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast. Tell me about yourself. Thank you so much for having us, Eric. Yeah, good morning, Eric. Thank you so much for uh, inviting us. It's cool. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. What time is it there? It is, it is morning, right? So 9.52 a.m. Oh, yeah. wow. You guys are pretty far behind. It's like 3 o'clock here. So. That's awesome. But yeah, tell me about yourself. <laughs> yeah, so we've been uh, realtors here on the island for a few years. Jeff, a little bit longer than I have. We go back all the way to Michigan, where we're originally from. And we kind of got our, I don't know, feet wet in the real estate world with our parents doing investing, construction, um, flips, and just owning their own homes at different points. So it's been kind of cool to bring that knowledge over to the island and work together and learn and help people. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. So you guys have been doing this pretty much your whole, is it your whole life? Is that what I'm hearing? I guess we could say that. You know, I, <laughs> I would say so. Like your, your family has done the, the investment properties, mm-hmm. the flips. My family was in residential construction oh, and wow. remodels. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, yeah, we've got deep roots. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. For yeah. It's like man. once we start looking, we start thinking like, I guess we have been doing this for a while <laughs> and all the ups and downs yeah. of, you know, the recession and yeah. going from this town to that town. So yeah, it has been our whole life. I yeah. guess. Wow. So, wow. That's really good because at the end <laughs> of the day, wow, you can definitely sell that to your um, buyers and sellers and say, hey, we've been doing this pretty much since we can remember. So I would definitely hire you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you guys say you are from Detroit and now you are in Hawaii. So what part of Hawaii are you in? So we live on Oahu, the west side of Oahu. And um, for anyone who's, who's like kind of familiar, like Oahu tends to be the biggest tourist destination. Mm. It's the most populous island. Mm. Um, it's nowhere near the volcano on the big mm. island for anyone who doesn't know that. Arts. Big misconception. Right. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. And what took you to Hawaii? Uh, work, work. So I had worked in Michigan in um, security and that kind of transitioned into commercial property management that took, us, took me to Florida. Mm. where we got married. And then um, after Florida, we got an opportunity to come out here to Oahu. And um, I think it was a pretty great opportunity. We decided to stick around. Yeah, yeah. So you guys like the warm tropical places, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. well, I do. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> I, I miss the snow. I miss the, the seasons a bit, you know. I, I think I can say that because I don't deal with it every day. <laughs> yeah, no, every, all of my family members have moved somewhere warm and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I miss the snow sometimes. But overall, they still have not moved back. So I totally, right. I totally get that. And so can you tell me what do you guys like most about Hawaii? What do you got? Mm, that's a good one. I think um, I'm always still learning about the island, you know, but I think the the main thing you see is a lot of like nature and like what I'm used to calling exotic animals, you know, mm. like we have peacocks and whales and iguanas and lizards. Actually, I haven't seen iguanas, geckos and, you know, different kinds of na- natural things. I love hiking here. We do a beach cleanup um, every month. So we've been able to give back to conservation efforts and just community service. Mm. And then it's an overall, you've heard of Aloha spirit, you know, mm. it's this overall like love and energy and spirit that just like, 
permeates everything and that's really nice and Detroit has it too which is actually beautiful you know we have that Detroit spirit we've got mm. the we've got a lot of heart and it's just something you have to like learn I think coming from Detroit helped to really appreciate when we saw it here like right away yeah absolutely and so what's the day-to-day life like is it fast paced is it slow pace you know I think that's what's great about being on Oahu specifically is that it can be whatever pace you want so for me, especially I, when I got licensed in 2017, I wanted to be as busy as possible. And gotcha. so every single day, door knocking, open house, in the office, making calls, mm. uh, doing meetings, doing trainings, whatever. And uh, you could grind and, and work every single day if you want to, mm. or if you want to take a slower pace, the island enables you to do that as well and sort of mm. relax, be a little bit more focused, and a little bit more deliberate. Gotcha. So would you say... I mean, obviously you're in real estate, so it's still stressful, but is it, I don't know, that's my question. My question is, are you able, are you as stressed as, do you think you would be as stressed if you were somewhere else? Because all the nature and all the relaxing atmosphere, is that still, is it still crazy stressful? Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Honest And I'm a yoga teacher, right? So I teach yoga also. And all my friends come here and they're like, how could anybody be stressed? How could no one go to the beach? I was like, just like you can be depressed in a high rise, just Mm -hmm. like you can be depressed in a shelter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's somebody that doesn't have that. And it's somebody, even you know, even where you are, is somebody that's like, oh, I wish I could do that. And so it's it's all in your mind, right? Like absolutely you have uh what is that that inner confidence to do it. But yeah. I would say it's a slow pace, mm. much more slow pace environment, just like driving and service and taking gotcha. your time to do things. But yeah, gotcha. you can control that pace for sure. Gotcha. <laughs> and okay, so like because I don't I've never been to Hawaii. Actually, it's always been like a dream of mine to go to Hawaii. And I've been every not everywhere, but I've been a lot of places and I haven't been to Hawaii yet. So like, would you say, is it small? Is it big? Is it crowded? Uh, how would you describe at least where you guys are uh, in, in terms of like geography and, you know, proximity, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. Um, so the island of Oahu has about a million residents on it at any given time. And then the tourist population is like increasing a lot since uh, COVID is maybe getting under control a bit, uh, knock on wood. Um, but, you know, it it surprised me when we got, when we first got here and downtown Honolulu, Waikiki, that that area, tons of uh, sky, uh, skyscrapers and high rises and people running around, tons of traffic, tons of transit. And it was, I mean, it was just like, well, it's very is, urban. Yeah, it's a big, <laughs> yeah, big it was like, it was a major city, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you take like a 35, 40 minute drive to the North shore and it's just the exact opposite. Farmland, horses, relaxed, still a little bit of traffic depending mm-hmm. on the time of day, but much, much slower and, and a little bit more chill. So mm-hmm. it really depends on what you're looking for because Oahu tends to have something for everybody. Gotcha. So do you guys think, or at least, I mean, obviously you might like something different individually, but do you guys like the more urban feel or the more country feel, or does it just depend on the day? Oh, the day actually, because it's like, oh, let's go to town. And we always joke about that. Like after a long day, we're like, all right, we're done. Like we're not going to town. We're about to stay, you know, in this quiet, we're on the Mm. quiet side. It's very chill, kind of country, they call it. Mm. Um, it's not really the country, but there are, you know, acres and farmland too. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, so like, what is your day-to-day life? So as realtors, 
And then also on you personally, what would you say from, I don't know, the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, what is your day-to-day -day like? Yeah. I'm on the phone pretty much, you know, first thing we, I mean, we get up and we actually try to establish a routine where we do some self-care, some self-monitoring, some prayer, some togetherness. And then, you know, basically as soon as we do that, we get into the routine, like, I'm on the phone, checking emails, making calls, doing text messages with clients and, you know, whoever else in the morning. Um, I'm actually trying to finish my bachelor's degree right now. So okay. I'm like doing school mixed with that. And um, every day is a little bit of that, right? Just mm -hmm. keeping in touch with clients, scheduling showings, doing, you know, whatever. They, you know, yeah. real estate kind of presents different challenges every day. So like, you know, nice. just for today, on the the plan is to get keys to a client that just closed today and then possibly replace a uh, uh toilet valve that's mm. that's causing an issue <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> all over right the now. place all but types of right, you know, <laughs> no, luckily we don't have to do that every week <laughs> and what misconceptions have you noticed that people tend to have about hawaii in general what do you think I think we kind of hit on it like you can't be stressed mm. or another one is um like it's unattainable right I think mm. I was a lot like you Eric too I had never been here I never knew anybody here it was a dream like we looked at those little kid gloves like Hawaii you know I, I felt that same way I never thought this would be in my journey but it really will and I find that um like people choose to buy over rent because the prices are so comparable so <laughs> when they realize like what's possible and what the prices really are and I don't want to be in the code anymore they start to see like that that was a misconception that it wasn't mm. uh, attainable and it, it really 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 is gotcha and does it get cold there at night or is it it's always it's warm chilly lately chilly. it's relative right yeah. <laughs> I'm the cold person <laughs> okay so what's chilly to you like what are we talking like 60 degrees it's, 60, or... yeah, 60. Right. it's like 60 now here or whatever well, no, I it's like 30 <laughs> now so i'll take it i'll be visiting soon <laughs> yeah and, definitely totally. definitely <clears throat> so and if if this is repetitive, my apologies, but I tend to ask some similar questions because I always get a different answer. So what is your favorite part of living in Hawaii? Um, I would say like the, the interweb of culture and daily life. Um, when I grew up in Michigan, you know, I didn't really have too much understanding of like the, I guess I want to say like indigenous population the native americans and like yeah. our role and um like what happened in our history and i i just didn't know a lot and like sure. school taught me a bit but there's still a lot of like i, I still learn stuff you sure. know all the time just on wikipedia about my own state i grew up for 25 years hmm. and here in hawaii it's like almost a requirement if you want to really relate to people and understand the culture of today to understand a little bit more of the history. And I, I think that's a real, a real blessing. So, mm -hmm. you know, we, I didn't come here thinking like, oh, it's just going to be luau's and, and pig roast or something like it, <laughs> every day, it, all day. Right, right. <laughs> kind of came with like a learning posture and mm -hmm. we've been blessed to really be embraced and, and taught as we've lived here more and more, which is really mm -hmm. cool. So. You know, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I definitely, I'm going to make my way there. Like literally that's like the one place next to like the countryside of Italy and maybe some other places Ooh, in Africa nice. that I want to go. But like, those are like some of the last few places on my list. So, and it's like 
in the U.S. I don't understand why I haven't been yet, but yeah, it makes it easy because it's <laughs> in the U.S. Yeah, that's was, another misconception. I was gonna say that was a funny yeah. misconception too. People are like, "Is this America? Do I have to get my passport? What, like, what stamp?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh. right? Exactly. It's, yeah, it's technically not. You know, some people are gonna say it's not America. Like, don't call it that. You're like, I know. So you don't need a passport. Let's just start there. It's, right. It's, it's a lot of politics. Gotcha. No, I can totally get that, especially with the cultural thing. You know, we're kind of our own place and, you know, we're not going to even get into that. So. (laughs) So where do you recommend? So I'm a tourist. I just got there. Where do you recommend when I touch down? Where do I go? What do I do? I got a place. I got a place. You got to go. You know what I'm going to say? Oh, no. Okay, that one too. (laughs) But first, go to local Joe's. Oh. (laughs) So that's our favorite coffee shop. Okay. Um, Yeah, it's a good one. And really, really great coffee and like uh, light foods and stuff. They close Mm -hmm. by like one or two. So you got to kind of plan your day around that. And then, yeah, if you get a chance and you want some really delicious brunch, and I don't get paid to say this, but go to Cream Prop, go to Cream pot and they have like these Japanese souffle pancakes those fluffy they're good I know I never seen them until I ordered them I'm like this is not like IHOP this is not like any pancake I ever had but it's it's delicious and and it's beautiful scenery but definitely go to the beach gotcha that's it if you just go to the beach you'll be fine yeah absolutely (laughs) if you go to Hawaii and go to the beach I mean what are we even doing here yeah what are you doing yeah so So coffee food beach yeah <laughs> gotcha so what is the real estate market like there so i noticed that you said that the leasing and the actual buying was very comparable so could you touch on that for me just again I'm, i have no no knowledge um, of hawaii yeah yeah so i mean we we always when we're talking to buyers we talk about hawaii as like this really strong appreciation market mm-hmm. so it's not a cash flow market you're not going to buy a home and be able to rent it out that same day and make money gotcha. it's probably run a negative but if you're willing to hold on to a property for three to five years, you're almost guaranteed to make three to 5% appreciation annually, in which case it seems like a good deal. You can buy in three years, actually have some equity and appreciation, sell at a profit. Um, so the market has been pretty consistent with that over the last 40 years. Um, and as you know, the market always has its ups and downs, um, but for Hawaii, it's always trending upwards, um, even now. So as prices have just kind of you know, really pushed northward over the last two or three years. Um, we are kind of expecting uh, somewhat of a recovery, but the conversation with buyers is even still, if your, if your appreciation dips or your depreciation actually occurs, you're going to recover in three to five years. So just purchase as a little bit more long-term than short-term. Oh, yeah. That sounds great, especially if you want to come visit in the meantime, you know, mm-hmm. hold on to it a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So I imagine Airbnb is a thing there. Would you say it's popular? Man, it's actually, Airbnb is a tough conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I have clients that are flying in later this month uh, who bought a property two years ago and they bought it as their secondary or secondary residence, right? So they spend a little bit of time here, a little bit of time in their home state. Uh, in the meantime, whenever it's vacant, they put it on Airbnb or uh, vacation rental by owner. Um, since they've been doing that, they've actually gotten letters from the state of Hawaii um, and the city and county of Honolulu to stop doing that because they are not complying with local ordinances and zoning. Mm-hmm. So there is an area, a few areas on the island where it's totally okay, it's totally acceptable, but there okay. are a combination of zoning requirements, um, apart homeowners associations, and then just in general, um, use uh, certificates that don't allow you to do Airbnb. So it's popular, but it may not always be, and it's definitely mm-hmm. getting some pressure. 
Gotcha. See, and this is why I asked those types of questions because I would have assumed, oh yeah, we'll just Airbnb and here it is mm-hmm. a problem, you know. So contact Jeff and Jess if you guys need questions and things answered okay. regarding what you should <laughs> or shouldn't do, or at least the process to get there correctly, because you don't want those totally. types of problems. Awesome. So have you noticed a change in the real estate market since the start of COVID or what do you think? No, definitely. So I got licensed in April and um, that's, I think that we were just swimming in everything at <laughs> the pandemic <laughs> and, and realizing like everything was kind of, I guess, haywire okay. and um, it's been fast. That's like what I noticed, just like the quickest turnovers, the quickest open houses, the quickest days on market, like just so much movement and really, really quickly. And so I think everyone that was licensed before this is just looking at everything like, wow, you know, I've never seen the market this way. And um, yeah, it's been really rapid, you know, people moving. We have a big military base here too, Um, population, I should say, several bases. Yeah, Um, they make up a large part of our population. So there's this constant movement and um, them coming and leaving. And a lot of times they choose to purchase and make that investment. So I saw a lot of that. And then I saw people just very nervous, you know, so what am I going to do with this secondary property in Hawaii? The economy is changing, the world is changing. So they sell their property really quickly. You know, they may, we may never meet them. And they're like, can you sell this really quick? Um, Also, people getting empowered. I love that. People got really empowered. So um, I find like a niche market for me is I love like educating people, first time home buyers, first time home sellers, but minorities. And a lot of minorities got empowered during this time where they're like, I can own a home. I'm like, yes, you can. And that's been a big part of like, like something I've noticed. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to ride that wave and like, keep trying to encourage that. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. So it's a seller's market. It sounds like still there. Aggressively. Yeah. Well, I hear it might level out. So we shall see. (laughs) Yeah. We just lost a bit today. So I'm like, ah, (laughs) but I'm sure everybody's feeling that. My one Mm -hmm. tip right now is like, encouraging sellers to not be greedy you know don't don't overprice their stuff because yes. buyers are getting exhausted so exactly and that's my tactic is to just still reasonably price it and that way you're going to get more demand you get a lot of backup yep. offers and it's probably just going to work out better for you i never encourage greediness i just i don't understand yep. it. it's not it's not necessary <laughs> usually right. you know so it usually doesn't work well in your favor but those are just my thoughts on the matter. I know, I know. <laughs> and so are most people moving to Hawaii permanently or is it a vacation home you're thinking or just kind of a combination? Because I think we kind of already touched on that. The uh, the vast majority of my clients and we're, you know, we're in a price point between, you know, between 150 to 2 million really is okay. where most of our business is. Okay. And majority of them are primary residents. So they're moving here for the long term. They're moving here for at least three to five years. Mm-hmm. There's a small percentage that are doing uh, secondary residences or like um, planning for retirement, which is interesting. Um, just kind of like setting the setting everything up to where mm-hmm. three, four or five years from now when they retire, they've got the place here that they're happy with. Mm-hmm. Um, only a few are really doing Actually, I haven't helped any that are exclusively investment properties hmm. at all. Not a right. that I can think of. Yeah, they like talking about it, though. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's like, you know, talking about Airbnb and mm. wanting to do it. But then once they learn about those restrictions we talked about earlier, they're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's not as interesting. It's not as glamorous when you see how, how difficult it can be. 
Gotcha. So, I mean, I assume before Airbnb was probably just vacation rental in general. So do you think people were still already having issues with that too? Is it something that they kind of like prefer that people don't do because they want to have I don't more control, I guess, over what goes on or what do you, what do you think? Any idea? Um, and correct me if I'm not answering the question. I think like, um, like vacation rental has been a, a thing forever mm -hmm. here. Sure. Um, we've heard stories about people that own their condos and they've had relationships with people in like Canada and New York that'll come and rent out the same condo every year for like 20 years. Yeah. Um, because of the accessibility of like Airbnb and VRBO and websites like that, I think it's become easier for the government agencies to track and, and do enforcement. Um, and then there's been in, increased pressure. So like when we look at inventory for you know, our buyers, our, our first time home buyers, our primary resident buyers, there's just not a lot of inventory. And so when they hear about investors coming in to rent a property out, or your neighbor is having a constant influx of tourists day in and day out that are bothering you because they can't yeah. find the condo or something. <laughs> um, there's just, there's increased pressure. And that, sure. I think that's what's causing the, mm -hmm. the pushback. Uh, on Airbnb specifically. Mm. I can totally understand that too, but I have a different perspective of real estate. Obviously I've been doing this for so long, but a lot of people probably wouldn't understand that, but I can definitely see that being a big issue. And it's a, a disturbance to, like you said, the people that are just in the area, you know, nobody wants people knocking on their door. Like, hey, like, uh, no. Right. <laughs> gotcha. And so any thoughts for people planning to move to Hawaii? If you, um, someone just wants to pick up and move to Hawaii, they haven't really thought, thought it through, what would be the first few things you give to them? Um, be prepared for sticker shock. So what we, what I don't like doing is shopping by the total price. You know, mm -hmm. if someone comes in, they're like, yeah, I want to buy something that's, you know, 180,000. What I'd rather do is talk to people about their actual monthly budget and, and ask the question of, you know, what is your total budget for housing? And let's see how that translates to what you could get here. So a lot of people come in and say, well, I want to spend like 1300 a month. And then I show them how between, you know, the home, the apartment owners, maintenance fees, um, taxes, insurance, and then the actual cost of the home, what that gets them. Mm. They're like, okay, we need to, we need to think twice <laughs> about something. Right. Um, so don't prepare for sticker shock, prepare for, you know, smaller space, higher price. Mm. Um, but understand that, you know, that initial shock, like anyone that bought three to four years ago, especially my clients. No one's mad right now. No one's mad that they had to sacrifice 100 square feet or pay $50,000 more than they had planned. Everyone's pretty stoked about the value of their home. Um, so we just have to kind of shift that mindset a little bit. And, you know, usually we can make a route for, for everybody. Gotcha. So on average, if I was someone, let's say there is just two of us and we want to move there. What, what are we looking at on average as far as the average price point for someone that wants something decent? So not like, you know, the worst place you could have, not the best place you could have, but just somewhere in the middle. A condo or maybe, a single family house? Both, either or. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. So we got some numbers on that. I think I just saw our High Central posted something. Our, our MLS board is, is oh, she's talking is about. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right, so a, a median condo sale right now is $497,000. Mm. All right, um, that's going to be an average of 14 days on market. And I'll post this on my Instagram. Follow me at The Real Estate Jess, The Real Estate Jeff. And then um, a single follow family. <laughs> follow me. He doesn't yeah, post. I'll post. <laughs> But for the uh, it's all good. Uh, the single family um, median is one point one two five. 
Gotcha. So, and that's a new record. Basically. How many bedrooms? I always is think that? those. What's that? How many bedrooms is that? Um, two bedrooms. Mm. Mm. You could be just so location. <laughs> okay, so we'll just go with the numbers. It could be like two, three. <laughs> I think that's okay. kind of like not everyone understands median, right? So, like when we talk about for a condo, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if the median is four ninety seven, that means fifty percent of the inventory is priced above that, and fifty percent of the inventory is priced below that. Gotcha. I think that's kind of encouraging, right? Because okay. that means. I can still go out and find a home that's mm-hmm. 350 or 300. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for the single fam side, like the median is over is 1.1 plus. That doesn't mean all of them are priced that way, right? That's 50% just, are still yeah. below there. Gotcha. So for like, I would say my, you know, average client, let's say like a family of two looking for a condo, um, they're probably going to spend close to between four and 450 okay. um, on their, on their purchase. And then for a single family home, that's where we've been seeing a lot of the upward movement. You're probably looking at on the low end, 700, most likely on the high end, 850. Gotcha. And then what's the cost of living like? So groceries, gas, or is it kind of expensive? I imagine a lot of things are being imported or maybe not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. We do Costco. Yeah. We, I mean, we're, yeah, we're, we're definitely Costco shoppers. We try to be smart. Like mm. um, we're, we're trying to spend a lot more money on local agriculture, local food. Gotcha. Um, because I, I think that's an added benefit for everyone. Sure. But cost of living is is it's much more expensive. We Especially actually in Michigan, I think. Like well, that shocked me. <laughs> I remember we went to last time we were in Michigan, we went to I think El George's. Yeah, and like Cody Island. They they brought the bill and I was just like looking at it like, well, where's the rest? Like, is that just for me? It's like is a that, weird it, feeling. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Gotcha. We've gotten used to these numbers now. <laughs> yeah. So is it kind of like New York type prices? Would you say California yep. type prices? Okay. Gotcha. Miami, like yeah. most most expensive place I've ever lived. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can. So imagine. we lived in Florida for a little bit, and you know you can get a twenty dollar drink, a hundred dollar bill, easy. Right. Like that here, but you can still you know live on a budget here. Like we've, totally. we've picked up on minimalism. You know, mm. local things like try to yes. uh, be. Um, you know, responsible with the things we consume, you know, yeah. try not to buy too much. So absolutely. No, I can definitely, I don't know. I guess I have to come and visit, but I think I'd be willing to still pay a little bit more to live in such an environment or at least, you know, visit, right? I'm not sure. We'll we'll find out shortly. <laughs> <laughs> so any thoughts on though for those who are looking to invest in Hawaii? So if they want to be, you know, maybe a secondary residence, a vacation home or something like that, any thoughts to them that pop in your head? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was just going to say the condo that I'm uh, listing now that's for sale is 380 right now. And the tenant that was in there was paying below market. So a lot of people are asking me questions about um, what would it be like to buy that condo and just put a tenant in? And that's like a great investment for people. So she's paying, um, they're paying 1950 So that's like a great amount of money to bring in every month. And again, that's below the average of anybody else in her unit so you could take that as a tip you know Mm. buy low rent it out maybe you come back when you have time use it as like a maybe not a vacation rental maybe not like you know like that maybe you rent it out half the year there's Mm. a lot of people who come for the what do we call it winter they call themselves like snowbirds yeah exactly so they live in a northern or cold place or something like that like oregon or michigan and then they come here for six months and that's a great way to invest too because then you still get that culture you still have the relationships and yeah, you know it's like just a second place to live so yeah. there's no wrong with that 
right? <laughs> I would just, I would suggest to any investor looking at like a market they're not used to is to be humble. Um, Cause I, mm. I, for the last, so I've been licensed since 2017. I've taken probably thousands of calls and like people that think, you know, they're going to come in here. They're going to offer under lists. They're going to, you know, make these renovations. It's only going to cost them 15 K because they know guys and then they're going to rent it out in cash flow. It's like, you know, I understand that might've been your experience one or two times, but it takes a lot of due diligence to try and create these awesome scenarios and awesome wins. Um, for example, we have one client that I helped buy and he ended up renovating his kitchen um, renovating his whole home. And because of the timing of the market, he was able to sell at a major profit. And he almost immediately was like, well, I want to buy something. I want to buy something else and do this again. And I'm like, no, you can't, it's not going to happen. We're not going to like, th this was luck. This is pure luck. Mm. And we're buying at the top of the market now. Mm. And um, so we, you know, we probably looked at another 15, 20 places. We ran numbers on everything. We, you know, looked at long-term rental, kind of prepared for worst case scenario. And as luck would have it, he's actually about to close on a property where he's got instant equity. He's going to do some renovations and probably be able to turn around at a major profit again. Awesome. So, you know, the, the deals are out there. Um, it's just, you know, he had to, he had to go 15 miles away from where he wanted to. He had to, you know, be open to a new area. He had to increase his rental budget and we had to look at things in a different way. Right. And that, that's how we found success. Gotcha. So material labor costs, were they already high just being in Hawaii or have, is that, yeah. that's okay. Gotcha. Yeah. They're already high just because, you know, a lot of things from Lowe's, Home Depot, all that, they have to be shipped over. Okay. Um, but be, I guess because of the pressure of the supply chain and whatnot, prices have gone up even more. Mm -hmm. So specifically like, you know, he priced out flooring a couple months ago. And then now that he's about to close, he went back and got another price. And the cost went up fifteen hundred bucks for the Ooh, same exact floors. That is right? a same lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I've done a couple renovations, and I already know what that must feel like to just right. uh, start having a budget and then just uh, anyway, poor guy. But he'll write it off. He will write it off. He'll be fine. So anyway. right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we are towards the end here. So questions for you. I need from both or either of you, however you like to do it. Wildest Detroit story. Wildest real estate story wildest story in general or most embarrassing story just give me something give me something mm. worth listening to what you got i got two right off the dome go ahead so <laughs> um one was i showed up to an open house here in hawaii and it wasn't my listing it was my broker's listing i showed up knocked on the door announced myself you know and i'm like fiddling with the keys and all that stuff and i'm looking around the house all right cool you know this is, it was great single family home gonna have a great open house and as I'm like kind of in the living room, I, I kind of see something out of the corner of my eye, like up, like on the counter or above the counter. Mm. And I was like, oh, you know, like, what's that? And um, nothing. So I keep playing with the lock and I'm really focused on this lock. I think <laughs> the key was stuck or something. And like, I felt something kind of breathing on me and I turn around and it's this great Dane that the owners didn't lock up, didn't put away. It's just walking around the house and <laughs> I saw it over the counter because its head is like up here. huge. Yes. And it's massive. And, and, you know, he's just like looking at me like, you know, what's up, man? You're in my house. What are you doing here? Like, okay. No open house today. And I was just like locking up as fast as I could. 
I couldn't believe it. I was, I was yeah. like, I felt like I saw my life flash before my eyes. Uh, Ray Danes are huge. I mean, they Massive are huge. Like, like me sitting down is probably his head, like right here. So seriously, yeah. seriously, I definitely say that. Wow. So yeah. that was that was my number one, and my mm-hmm. number two was um, having the listing agent disappear during the transaction. So we um, mm-hmm. we were in escrow. We got a great deal from my buyer. Uh, lots of seller credit. You know, flexible timeline. And the listing agent stopped responding to my transaction coordinator. So I was like, all right, no worries. I'll, I'll reach out. So I reach out, nothing, no calls, no texts, no emails. Um, we needed stuff signed. We needed extensions. We needed this and that. So I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'll just go and talk to the talk to the buyer directly. Sure. And so I show up at the buyer's house and she says, yeah, I haven't heard from him either. When are we closing? I was like, we're supposed to close next week. And she goes, what? I didn't know that. And, you know, so I just basically took over for the next 30 days. I had my client and his client and took taking care of everything. Um, and then literally like a week after we closed, he texted me and was like, when are we closing? And I just cracked up. I'm like, are you I'm kidding? Not even are you not kidding? Even to you, dude. So he was alive. Wow. He was alive. He, he, was, he, doing, was, dead. he was doing something else. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> wow. I've had that happen to me before. I literally had to take on like the person's client and it was weird, yep. but it was, and then she had to request that they weren't, you know, signed up together so I could have all the commission, which would be okay. But still right. it's like, wow, I was just never. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> how about you, you jesse got? anything oh man i don't you know get embarrassed easily i yeah. don't i'm just it's always something um i guess i got two okay. one is it's kind of they're mild you guys they're mild but That's one fine. i was just amazed one of our friends referred us to their friends who were moving they were retiring and we got to sell their oceanfront property and that was just amazing because it was like over a million dollar deal and mm-hmm. we were young and black mm-hmm. and just you know like people like, it was, it felt rare and it was just amazing to like cross all these, the misconceptions of me yes. and can't have it. So that was like wild, I think. And then tingly. The second one, right? Yeah, I loved it. I was like, more, more. Please. <laughs> exactly. And that, that person, I hope she knows who she is. She has been such a blessing just referring uh, her, her network to us and seriously. being such yeah. a great friend. And we got a loaf of bread for you. And then, <laughs> um, and then our, uh, our doggie, she, Aww. so her name is Leah and she's over there camping out, but she came from, we adopted her from okay. actually clients who we got really close with. Yeah. So it's like the family thing on the island where we, you know, mm. really respect uh, Ohana, which means family. And mm. sometimes your family's people from somewhere else. Sometimes your family's adopted like I'm a sorry. dog, but Absolutely. that's pretty wild that yes, we yeah, got our is. cool little dog from that. Yeah. Yes. So. I've made a lot of friends with like clients. And so right? I definitely know. I mean, you it's like almost like a trauma bond, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, right. you're like friends forever after that. So that's awesome. Well, I know you guys have a lot to do over there in Hawaii. So we are going to close out. So a quick word from our sponsors. Is work or real estate getting you down? Are you feeling burned out or depressed? Where there's a solution you can use right from the comfort and privacy of your own home computer. Center for Establishing Recovery is Metro Detroit's leading provider for e-therapy. If you're in need of a listening ear, contact Center for Establishing Recovery at establishingrecovery.com. If you have a question or topic you're interested in having us discuss or are interested in coming on as a guest, advertising, real estate services, or sponsoring an episode, go to brickandmortardetroit.com slash podcast. Jeff, Jess, is there anything you'd like to share or promote before we end? 
Thank you so much, Eric. I definitely want to say that and give you points for doing this and sharing, you know, your wisdom and connecting people. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's my way of education and community service too. So I am kind of big on education as well. So I definitely would like to have you guys come back, maybe talk about something a little bit more specific or maybe more in depth about Airbnb or something like that. But yeah. Let's go. I I could talk about real estate all day. Me too. Follow follow the real estate, Jess. (laughs) Exactly. Me too. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's it for today. You've been listening to the Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast, where we discuss business, real estate, lifestyle, and travel. I'm your host, Eric Andrews, founder and owner of Brick and Mortar Detroit Real Estate Brokerage. I started this podcast for boots on the ground insights from not just one, but as many industry professionals that I could find. As always, don't just dream, build your dream. Follow us on Instagram at Brick and Mortar DET. For everything else, brickandmortardetroit.com slash podcast. Brick and Mortar Detroit podcasts and newsletters reflect the opinions of only the authors who are associated guests of podcasts and do not reflect the views of Brick and Mortar Detroit LLC or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. They are for informational purposes only and are not a recommendation of an investment strategy or to buy or sell any home, security, or asset in any market. They are also not research reports and are not intended to serve as the basis for any investment decision. Any third-party information provided therein does not reflect the views of Brick and Mortar Detroit LLC or any of their subsidiaries or affiliates. All investments involve risk, including the loss of money, principal, and past market performance does not guarantee future results. We always recommend you enlist a professional entity for any investment decision you may be considering.